Yeah. Uh, ben is an empath and he is in tune. <laughs> Absolutely. Hello, hello, hello. This is going to be a different episode today, but it, it's going to be me. I'm your host, Mariah Cruz. Our lovely other host, Christina Schmidt, is incapacitated right now from a crazy wisdom teeth removal surgery. So if we didn't have a guest this episode, it would have just been me talking to you for two hours. But luckily, Monica and I will be talking about a Christmas movie today. It should be really good. And without further ado, I'd like to introduce today's co-host, Miss Monica Mulhall. Hey! Hi, how's it going? Good. Monica, we had you on another episode. Remind me of the title of that episode. Love Actually. I only like come out of my cave at Christmas. That's <laughs> that's where I, I hide until movies that raise just asks me to come out. Yeah. Monica was like, hey, like no pressure, but if you do the family stone, I'll have to be on it or else we aren't friends anymore. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. But- <laughs> this is like one of your family's favorite Christmas movies, right? Yes. Okay. So we watched this. I don't know why we ride so hard for this movie specifically, but we watch it like every Christmas Eve when it's the four of us, like my sister, me and my parents. Um, yeah. And it's just a really regular tradition. We love, we could get ahead of every single quote it's like our family's mean girls. Like, it's really weird. We can we love this movie. And, you know, we love to play like the tag yourself game with all the characters. And yeah. I don't know. It. I guess it just resonates for me. It's kind of fun because, you know, I have much older brothers. And so right, right. from the time I was like the little girl's age in this movie, we were having like, obviously they're well-adjusted humans and brought home perfectly lovely women, but like I was meeting like girlfriends, you know? And so it felt very relevant and funny and kind of like a, thank God nobody's mean like that kind of energy. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I can confirm I've met your parents. They're both very nice people. So definitely. But do you remember, like, do you remember the first time you saw it or was it kind of just like, it's been happening for so long? Honestly, I don't. I do remember my parents going to see it in the theaters because I think my brother came and watched us. But I think honestly, one day it was just on cable and we started watching it and it became tradition. I also associate it weirdly with my grandmother. She reminds me of Diane Keaton a lot. And so she, she doesn't layer a turtleneck and a button down quite like she does in this movie. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it was just like, that was an access point for me when I was little, little. And now, I don't know, it's a universal experience. Yeah. It feels a little foreshadowy because, you know, my sister and I are at that age where we're starting to introduce folks. And yeah, it's yeah. definitely like, no matter which way you come from it, like I feel a little bit relevant for a lot of different people. You know what I mean? Like the married mother who's pregnant or the little girl or 
Amy, who's like, I'm assuming like in college or like just graduated college. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's coming home for Christmas. Like there's a lot of different storylines going on, but, um, if you had to tag yourself now, who would you tag? This is hotly contested in my home. I, I would say I want to tag myself as Claire Danes, but Julie, sorry, it's kind of like the White Lotus where it's like you don't call anyone yeah. by their character name. Um, <laughs> it's a stacked cast. It's so like, good. Wait, it's what? So good. Like Claire Danes doesn't even get introduced until like halfway through the movie. It's crazy. It's so wild. Call me Meredith, which I'm like, excuse cool. me, but I am also an SJP stand. So like I have to kind of accept it. I will. We'll talk about it in the episode, but I definitely feel like... Uh, you know, Meredith is just a bit misunderstood. She is not malicious at heart. Um, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about it. But before we actually start the review, the summary, um, I will say it was a huge commercial success. They only spent $18 million to make this, which I feel like is pretty low for the cast that they have. And they grossed $92.9 million in the box office. So... Actually, I don't know if gross is the right word in that. That's so incredible. yeah, pretty good turnaround. The reviews were kind of mixed. Like Roger Ebert, I believe gave it a like three out of four stars. Um, there was a New York times review by Manhola Dargis. And I really like this quote. So I'm going to say it just as it's written, all happy families resemble one another. Tolstoy famously wrote and each unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. But Tolstoy didn't know the Stones, who are happy in a Hollywood kind of way and unhappy in a self-help kind of way. This tribe of ravenous cannibals bears its excellent teeth at anyone who doesn't accommodate the family's preening self-regard. Damn, scathing. <laughs> I know, it's like incredibly scathing. Oh my God. Yeah, I think, I think that I definitely understand both sides of the coin. I, I fucking just want to talk about the movie. So let's, yeah, let's jump into in. it. Let's dive in. The opening of the movie, we're in some sort of Macy's Bloomingdale-esque department store and Meredith's cell phone rings. Meredith, played by Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, the exposition is strong. She's like, I don't care if it's the Friday before Christmas. She'll have Monday off. Like, I need that report. I need to look it over. So meanwhile, um, Everett Stone, played by Dermot Mulroney, is doing the shopping. But Meredith comes over and she's like, no, not that one, the red one. And I'm like, the cracks are already beginning to show. Pretty crazy, especially the way he's like, Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's like this, yeah. man, this man is miserable. He is not happy. He's under duress. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so then we get our title sequence with all of these Christmas cards, mm-hmm. which I think for such a stacked cast, not sorry, not to go so hard in on the title sequence, but I think for such a stacked cast, it is really striking to see like name on a Christmas card, name on a Christmas card. Right. It makes you pay attention. I think it's actually a really smart device. Um, nice. Yeah. Also just love a kitschy title sequence. I don't know what it is about 2000s movies. They're like, okay, but five minutes, we have to time that in for the title sequence. Yes. Yes, absolutely. There's like a cold open to this movie. It's so funny. <laughs> um, so 
We are in front of a beautiful little, not little at all, New England house. Um, and the character Patrick and another character we haven't been introduced to yet get bags out of the trunk of their car. It's a very headed home for Christmas kind of energy. And they head into this huge, beautiful Victorian house. Uh, meanwhile, inside, Sybil Stone, played by none other than Diane Keaton. She, yeah. It's crazy. She's a oh, <laughs> lover. Um, she's sitting, staring sadly at this Christmas tree. Very forlorn. We know something's awry here. Then she runs over to them. She does the big Diane Keaton, like, arms reached out, hug. And she hugs Thad, who is her son. He is deaf. And the person who is helping him unload the car is his partner, Patrick. Mm -hmm. Uh, He asks where Everett is. And she tells him that he promised he'd be here by dinner. Then Kelly Stone, played by Craig T. Nelson, comes in with Millie's famous brownies and says hi to (laughs) and Patrick. He's so warm. I just love his warmth in this movie. I think if he wasn't the patriarch of this, it really would be like everyone sucks in this family. And he, he just, has yeah, this, you know, he's really keeping it level. I also just love him because I was a huge parenthood fan Yeah, and I've seen every episode and yeah. He's great. Mm-hmm. Um, Craig T. What a, what a man. And then Amy Stone played by none other than Rachel McAdams, Regina George herself, equally mean foreshadowing rolls up in her beater car and she takes out a laundry basket. She drops it on the ground. She's, she's a little messy. She's we're telegraphing messiness with mm-hmm. Ms. Amy stone. Then we cut back to the car or we cut into rather the car with Meredith and Everett. She hangs up her call. Girlfriend's still on the phone. Uh, she apologizes to Everett being on the phone and she keeps clearing her throat, which will come up shortly. And Everett tells her, don't be nervous because his family is going to love her. Yeah. The throat clearing. I was like, oh no. Cause I feel like if you have a weakness like that, that's like, um, like people, other people can see it. Like, especially in this movie where every family member is just like careening into the, the deepest, like what they can fuck you up on. Yeah. And then you have like the throat clearing thing. It's like, it's like going to school with a wheelie backpack. Like yeah. you're fucking yourself <laughs> over. Or like the kid who Naruto runs in the hallway. It's like, that's, that's just who you are now. You're a Naruto kid. Yeah. <laughs> so Amy is in the kitchen now talking to the family just telling everyone that she does not like Meredith and Sybil's like, I thought no one met her, but Amy's like, Oh, well I visited them in New York in October. And she dragged us to like this uptight restaurant. She was so stiff. She has this throat clearing tick. You're, you can already tell Amy is not a fan. She's not going to make this girl's life any easier. Mm-mm. Susanna stone comes in just bursting at the seams, nine-month pregnant, also played by Elizabeth Reeser. I was like, Esme! Esme <laughs> from Twilight? <laughs> and I couldn't, it was hard for me to let that go. But luckily, she does look a lot different in this movie. But I just kept being like, yes. I know, it's pretty crazy. She's also 
kind of the most low-key character. We don't really see a lot of Susanna. We just know that she has this, like, her husband's not there with her. He's coming on Christmas. And she has this precocious daughter who feels almost a little old to be her daughter. Yes, I (laughs) totally agree. Well, not the, like, old to be her daughter, but more so just, like, I feel like the actor was cast in a role that should have had a younger actor. Yes. Cause she's yes. like really like being really silly as we'll re- tell you about later on. But like there were some things she did where I was like, I feel like you can't get away with that at your age. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> I you know, know what I mean. Abigail Breslin was not tech avail for this apparently. Right. At the time. <laughs> or like, Oh, I guess Dakota Fanning would have been too old by then, but she's who I always think about when I'm thinking like precocious child. Um, Oh my God. So you imagine Uptown Girls Dakota Fanning as a part, like as that little girl, she would have, she would have been razor sharp. She would have absolutely (laughs) murdered Meredith. Just like with a cold stare. (laughs) That's funny. So Sybil tells Susanna that Amy was just talking shit about Meredith and Kelly is like, why are you encouraging her? Um, then Patrick tells them Amy never likes anyone. And Amy's like, that's not true. I love you. And Thad signs that that took years. So this is her personality. She doesn't want anyone intruding on her family, which I'm like, I understand. Then Amy asked Susanna about her phone call with Meredith and she was like, well, you know, she was a little curt, but she doesn't dig into her. Then Thad comes in and tells the family that Everett and Meredith are here. They're here. So cut to the car with Eredith. That's their celebrity. I know. With uh, Cut to the car with Everett and Meredith. He asks, are you ready? And Meredith is looking out the window. She looks super nervous. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, Sarah Jessica Parker's look in this is really important because if you only know her as Carrie Bradshaw, who's Miss Kakaka Curly, wild, free <laughs> spirit, like, you know, that's her whole thing. And she's just yeah. like charming to a fault where you can't not love her. Meredith. A is- woman wore a belt on her bare waist. She sure did. <laughs> The woman wore a, a Heidi costume to go to a picnic. You know, she's she can pull anything off. But this right. Meredith Gray, Meredith Gray, <laughs> Meredith is I don't know her last name, but she is slicked back bun. She is full suit wear, always in heels. She mm-hmm. is kind of the anti Carrie, and I think that that's a really fun role to see Sarah Jessica Parker in, and I think that's really important to keep in mind if you're a sex in the city fan and you haven't seen this um so he's like well they're all watching and he gets they literally are they're clamoring by the window and watching them don't you have stuff to talk about other than her <laughs> it's Chris. Like, oh everyone knows how they're doing okay all right let's go yeah let's go the window kids do you have family dinner once a week i don't think so and so Kelly comes out and he hugs Everett and Meredith awkwardly like dodges the hug and everyone's like freaking out. They're like, oh my God, this girl sucks. And Amy's like, I told you so about her just not being warm. Meredith offers a little handshake to Kelly and he goes in 
her a big hug and just scoops her up and she is like stiff as a board cannot hang right now so yeah that's our intro yeah so they go inside the house and meredith awkwardly greets everyone she shouts at bad which i'm like you're an educated woman (laughs) that is it you're really gonna like do you think that you can like make him hear by yelling or do you think that you're like pronouncing things more clearly? Like I'm so confused by that. So um, if anything, like enunciate sister, you don't have to yell. Yeah. For the lip reading. (laughs) I don't know, but it's, this ain't it. Mm -mm. So she tells Amy, Merry Christmas. Everett introduces Meredith to his mom and she shakes her hand Again, with the handshakes, she's just super uncomfortable. And Susanna introduces herself and her daughter, Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is like, nice shoes. She's like, in, you know, a little bit intrigued by this like city woman, mm-hmm. all business. Who wouldn't be at that age? Like, okay. I feel like if I saw someone who walked in my house like that, I'd be like, oh my God, what do you do? Like, I want to live in the big apple. Uh, oh my God. I would be like, we're going for manicures later, right? You're the cool. <laughs> Right. Right. We're going to go, right? We're going to go, right? (laughs) So Meredith is just super uncomfortable. Kelly asks everyone to stand on the stairs so that they can get a Christmas photo. And Meredith just like stands back. And that moment I was like, does she want to be in the photo? She could have been, she could have easily just like gone up on the steps and been in it. Like no one told her not to be in it. It's Mm -hmm. just a really uncomfortable moment. That always is kind of uncomfortable though, right? Where if someone new is at a family function and you're not sure if they're sticking around, like you just literally because you don't have a sense yet. And there's a question, do you get in the photo? The polite thing is to take the photo, right? The polite thing, in my opinion, would love to hear anyone's opinion about this, but like in my experience, what we do, if we're going to take like a photo, we do like, Oh, everyone get in this photo. Oh, just like mom and dad and Mo and Carlos. And then it's like, Oh, this person get in or like, there are variations of the photo, but they're like one and done. Yeah. Hey, everyone get on the stairs. Perfect. Let's head up, head over to the kitchen. We're done here. I only have one slot left on my digital camera for this photo. (laughs) So Meredith, you're out of here. Um, so now we're upstairs in this lovely little kind of loft bedroom and Meredith and Everett are bickering. It's just the two of them in the room and they are fighting over the fact that Meredith wants to sleep in a separate bedroom than Everett. Sybil's initial arrangement was, yeah, you guys came together. You're going to both sleep in Everett's room. Meredith is a little weird about it. She's like, I just don't feel comfortable with that. I think that that matters. And I think it comes from a place of trying to make a good impression, but in a big, it's very traditional, it's very traditional. And I think that in a big, happy, warm family like this, it comes off as a little cold, especially Mm -hmm. given that the mother's directive is yeah. Stay in the same way. Like you don't have to ship. Like that's not the (laughs) implication here. And so, yeah, she doesn't feel comfortable sleeping in bed with him in his parents' house. Oh yeah. And then obviously whenever it confronts his mom about it, 
she's like, oh, well, you guys don't screw. And I'm like, <laughs> my, my mother would simply never say that. Um, and Sybil is loudly like, you know, why should she be comfortable putting Amy out of her room? And Amy, like her ears are fucking burning. And she's like, excuse me? <laughs> she like slides into the kitchen and her cereal sloshing all over the place. Uh, <laughs> So now we're in Amy's room and she's taking her stuff out of her room because Meredith will be sleeping there. And Meredith says, I hope I'm not putting anyone out. Amy goes, me, you're putting me out. And she asks if there's, or Meredith is like, maybe we can find another solution. But then her phone rings and she does more so than the throat clearing, the tick that I think is annoying, which her phone rings and she holds up one finger to take it like yeah. <laughs> she gives them the universal sign for just one sec but she extends her insane. whole arm it's so rude it's so rude and so she takes the phone and she answers it and she's like it's my sister and Sybil and she says it like a, a like a Victorian child she's like <laughs> it's my sister I have a just like years. <laughs> Um, Phil and I keep doing this thing where we do Mia Goth impressions in the house and it's like, oh, I walked on the floor this morning. It's quite an uncomfortable low temperature. I needed to put on my moccasins and just like this like sickly Victorian like accent. Oh my God. And that's what she reminds me of. That's totally what it is. And she's clutching the phone to her chest. It's very dramatic. Uh, and she's like, it's my sister. And Sybil and Amy are like, oh, that's nice. And she, then Sarah Jessica Parker kind of does like the head tilt. Like, can you get the fuck out of here? Which I was like, you're worried about how sleeping in the same bed might come off, but you're okay with head tilting them out. I think that she's really kind of on her own planet. And it's yeah. unfortunate. It's it's not reading. She's not reading the room. That's exactly. She's not reading yeah. the room that she put amy out of and yeah then she gets on the phone once the ladies leave the room important to note that elizabeth is in the room for all of this and she's just kind of checking out meredith's stuff she's oh yeah she's exploring she's looking at the cool city slickers items that she's brought um so once everyone departs sarah jessica park sorry i should call her by her character name meredith says to her sister on the phone they hate me and she she goes of course I'm being myself which that might be it might be in a wrong one ah, yeah so Meredith decides to visit Everett's room and she's in the doorway and she's like can I come in and he's like you don't need an invitation I just feel like he's a cowboy Dermot <laughs> Mulroney in any role are you vaguely from the south like what's going on here cowboy from new england i kind of love that <laughs> and she's like don't be mad and he's like i'm not but you won't be getting any now and they giggle and meredith notices everett's old plaque in his drawer and she's like why would you keep those in there like you should put them out and he's like well they're from a long time ago and he puts it back in the drawer and meredith confides in him and tells him that it's not easy for her to meet everyone which I think is like a really honest response. Mm -hmm. Not everyone is comfortable with like 
meeting a lot of people at once. It's not everyone's strong suit. Like she's clearly very like business oriented, mathematical. She's not like great with people outside of work. For sure. So she wants to like, let him know that it's just hard for her. And she puts her arm around Everett and they look at their reflection in the mirror and smile. They look good together. Yeah. But do they feel good together? Ain't that the question, man. Um, (laughs) You know, who's going to turn that around? Luke Wilson. He rolls up. (laughs) He's, he's our free spirit. We get that immediately. He comes Mm -hmm. in and Amy runs up to him to say hi. And she's like, wait until you meet her. And she's just like such a bitchy little sister. She plays it so well. It looks so good. Like Adams, I have to say. And Sybil walks down the hall and she tells him and Amy, you know, no pot this time. And so they're, they're like the vibey ones, I think. And Sybil greets Ben, tells him clothing is not optional this year because they have company. And then Elizabeth comes to meet her great, awesome Uncle Ben. And she's clopping along with <laughs> her high heels. I don't know where she, she is him. in stilettos. <laughs> Santa came early this year. Uh, Elizabeth is in five inch heels. (laughs) So fun. She just likes to play dress up. That's kind of Elizabeth's whole thing. Yeah. Um, And Ben's so warm. And, you know, Diane Keaton says the prodigal son returns. And it's just very sweet. And Everett and Meredith come downstairs. And Luke Wilson's like, wow a tie like he's very he's, he's doing the wilson wow like are you running for mayor yeah he's like, <laughs> he's like running for mayor um and everett tells ben that he wants her to meet meredith and meredith walks down the, <laughs> these notes meredith walks down literally one step at a time and very quietly goes hi and it's <laughs> like girlfriend what <laughs> She can be so weirdly coy. It's funny. And Ben is staring at Meredith. You kind of get the energy that he's into her a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Amy slaps him on the back of the head. And then Everett slaps Amy on the back of the head. And siblings, am I right? Siblings, yeah. Sibling hijinks. LOL. Hello. After this, Ben slings Elizabeth over his shoulder and brings her into the kitchen. And he talks to Susanna He's like, oh, where's your husband? And she's like, what husband? Ha ha. Just kidding. He'll be here on Christmas. And I also thought I was like, is something going to happen with her husband? Like, why is it taking him so long to get here? Like, is there some sort of a thing going on? Why aren't we razzing her about her deadbeat husband? Like, why are we all? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, whatever. He's going to be late. No big deal. All right. So Thad comes in and Ben is like, oh, the queen be like, da, da, da. And they say hello. Everyone knows um, American sign language, which is pretty cool. So they all like really communicate seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ben asks them where his dad is. And Meredith notices that Elizabeth has actually broken the heel on one of her shoes. Literally busted. <laughs> And Meredith grabs the shoes. She's like clearly angry, but she's really, she's really trying not to yell at this child, which the optics like aren't great because of 
what's already happened with her. Mm-hmm. But I was talking to Phil about this and I was like, okay, like you don't need to yell at the kid, but I feel like my parents would yell at me if I ruined a stranger's shoes. That's the thing. That's on Susanna. Like she should be the one saying, oh my God, this is awful. I'm so, I would be so apologetic, especially because you know, those are fucking yeah. expensive shoes. Oh my God. Yeah, of course. I'm like, I was like, is that a red bottom? But it wasn't. They're called um, Manolos. Like, come yeah, on. right. Like this woman has expensive shoes. So um, she kind of just takes them and she's like, oh, I probably have another pair of shoes for that outfit and like runs away. And yeah, it's, it's another thing that is placed on her that she's doing wrong. So that sucks for her. And then on her way out, Ben tells her that they're a good color and asks if she needs a hand. And, um, he's like, don't dilly dally because we'll, we'll all be down here talking about you. And it's so <laughs> obvious that he's into her. Yeah, He's like, he's like, Oh, I, uh, I have an opportunity to talk to this woman. Hey, Hello 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 yeah and then after she leaves he's like hey do you remember miss leewin apparently this is their second grade teacher who ben had a crush on and he calls meredith sweet and incredible and ben is like Everett, where did you find her Everett's just like so happy at this moment he's like finally yeah. someone who's not trying to attack me totally. um but I'm like, ulterior motives, man. No kidding. This cut is so funny because he's like, where'd you find her? And we cut immediately to the car. Everyone's piled in, picking up pizzas. And Meredith is instantly like, she answers that question. She's like, oh, we met in the lobby of the peninsula on Kowloon Island. And she's She's talking- like, oh, well, we were in Hong Kong, but we weren't technically in Hong Kong. It was Kowloon Island. Like, yeah. literally just like every every little detail she like turns around she's like that's on this side like she yells it for tad and it's she's just so clueless but i think she's nervous i think that she's being chatty because she's nervous and so she's going on and on and on she like you can't you can't get a word in like she's yeah that's another like i feel like just her being it's hard for her to communicate with people on like a friendly level because most people would be like I'm talking about myself. Now I'm asking you a question mm-hmm. to further the conversation. But she's like, and now a monologue. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Meredith's therapist would tell her that she has social anxiety if this was the year of our Lord 2022. So <laughs> that's, that's what it is. So she continues the story into the pizza parlor about how she saw their friend Rachel Graham, who apparently went to school with Everett. And Everett was on his way. She goes, he got it into his head to go to this Buddhist statue at a monastery. And he finally cuts in. He's like, yeah, it's the largest iron or metal Buddha in the world. And Luke Wilson goes, metal Buddha. Like, it's just very, like, I don't know. They, it's clear that he had a different plan for this trip where they met. And oh, was yeah, very, very waylaid by the meeting of Meredith. Yeah. And it's not just like a site he planned to see. He was going to have like a big emotional moment at this Buddha statue. Yeah. He's like, oh, you can like have tea with the monks or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. He was so excited. And he was excited to even talk about this thing that he didn't even get to do. Then Meredith cuts back in and she continues the story at home. And she's like, they're all kind of sitting around. You can tell that 
it's probably post-dinner. This looks like post-dinner drinks. So this story has been going on for at least an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how? How? But it's everything. everything <laughs> and she's like, you know, they spent the night going over his business plan for IPO. Sybil <laughs> tells Everett, take your tie off. Take that tie off. You look stupid. And everyone is just so over this story. And I think that she concludes it with something like, yeah, so then dinner led to drinks. And then we got to talking and I showed Everett a couple of things that needed to be done. And then there's just this weird silence and everyone is looking at her. And Sybil goes, okay, well, I'm going to clean up. And Meredith offers to help clear the plates. And Sybil's like, no, no, you're our guest. Like you can tell that she's kind of- yeah. She's, it's very overt. It's kind of a call out because of the whole bedroom thing. Absolutely. Sarah Meredith just goes, okay, well, I guess I'll just wash my hands, which is like, (laughs) okay. Oh, Meredith. (laughs) And then Everett goes into the kitchen with Sybil. He's like, can I ask you something? And she's like, absolutely not. Now is not the time. She's heated. She's coming in hot. She is coming in hot. And I'm like, all right, Sybil, like maybe just bring it down a notch. So the family plays charades and, or I guess we find out later why she's so heated, but mm-hmm. moving right along. The family plays charades and that goes first. And Patrick actually guesses it. It's a song, Billy Don't Be a Hero. But like everyone else was so unclear on what that was trying to say. So Elizabeth is like, oh, can I go again? And Amy's like, oh, well, Meredith hasn't had a turn yet. And she's like, here, I found a good one for you. It's a movie. And hands her the slip of paper. This big. It's so loaded. Meredith starts and she's like, okay, a movie. And Amy's like, no talking. And she's like, okay. And she does the sign for a movie. And then she um, does kind of a motion of like putting a veil on her face mm-hmm. and they're like uh wet bride wedding like trying to guess the words and um then she's like okay word number four and she pretends to put on a pair of tights and they're like tight stockings um I have to say sorry i'm gonna cut in real quick because luke wilson's face when she is putting on these tights it like lights up he's like so really it's really like that you cut to him and he's like oh man like he's really got like <laughs> goo goo eyes in this moment it's so it's so funny it's just funny moment sorry keep going I do like watching no you're good I love watching Luke Wilson because he is so lived in in his characters yes it does feel like when he plays roles it's like yeah he's been that person his entire life one million percent um, so yeah, Meredith continues. She's getting frustrated because no one can guess these words. She's feeling stressed out and she kind of like puts her forehead in the palm of her hand and she has a pointing gesture out and Amy just pipes up. She's like, I can't believe you're pointing at him. And Meredith is like, no, no, I'm, I'm not pointing. I'm not pointing at him. And then she's like, you're definitely pointing at him. Look, you're pointing at him right now. And she's like still in the gesture, but it's clear that she just like put her fucking finger out. And then Patrick like cut in too. He like, he was the last person to to say something. So 
it's kind of like she was pointing at him like, oh, keep going, keep going. Right. Yeah, sorry, yeah. No, 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 it's like Amy is on, she's like, any little trip up that you can make, you're fucking dead meat. And Meredith is like, I wasn't pointing at him and like runs out and that's when they look at the movie title. It was the bride for black. So Patrick is just trying to, yeah. Oh yes. Patrick is black. And Amy was trying to be like, you're a racist bitch. Get out of the house. (laughs) I'm like, Amy, that's worse for Patrick than what you're trying to do to Meredith. (laughs) I think in this moment, we have to give flowers to Patrick for being like the chillest person in this house. He's so nice. And you can tell that he's been part of the family for a while now because he just goes, thank you, Amy. Like he is very, he is, he gets it. Patrick is with it. And honestly, he should not be rolling with the punches the way that he is most of the time. (laughs) He might be my favorite family member. He's very level-headed. And I think that they made him that way too because it, it evens out the meanness of the family so yeah but he he's a really good partner and like we'll see throughout to be fair he also set the bar very high i would imagine so him and oh yeah well interesting um, i forget what the exact phrase is someone was telling me this i don't know if it was like one of phil's friends or phil mentioned it might have been you actually i don't know but someone was like, oh, in a couple, there's always like the lead and the supporting. The flag in the flagpole. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And I think that, yeah. So like that is the flag and Patrick is the flagpole, mm-hmm. right? Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Because with this kind of eccentric over the top family, you can't come in and be the main character. You like can. the main characters already been cast. Yes. You have to be a supporting role. So thousand percent, um, which I don't necessarily think is like a bad thing. Like some people are more outgoing and some people are more introverted and like there are different qualities, but it is definitely like, if you are trying to be that person, which in this case, Meredith technically is where she's like, I need to be accommodated. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit different here. Mm-hmm. All these things. It's not a good fit. True. Exactly. I mean, the dream for someone like Sybil is to have someone like Patrick come in who just vibes with the family. Mm -hmm. That's all you want. Yeah. Right. Right. It's like, I don't want my family disrupted. I just want another addition. Exactly. Totally. So then the scene actually rounds out with Luke. Jesus. I keep calling them by their names (laughs) Uh, with Ben going to Amy and being like, why you gotta be such a meanie? And he like gives her a noogie and like don't they're very it's very sibling yeah they're fun together so then we go upstairs to Everett's room and Everett's like you can't let Amy run you off she's probably just still mad about the room and Meredith kind of goes on the defense and she's like well you weren't much help and I you know the natives would never dream of letting their god sleep on the couch just being very very dramatic about this Amy situation in response and Everett says she's being, and she goes, I'm not being a completely ridiculous person. And he's like, I didn't say it. You know, I, 
you put the words in my mouth. You might've taken them out of mm-hmm. my mouth. And right. she's like, I'm starting to see you look at me the way that they do. And he says, that's not true. And she asks if he's beginning to have doubts about bringing her here or if he wishes she was different. And he goes, different? Different how? And then she bonks her head on one of the rafters in this loft. And he's like, oh my God, I was kidding. I was kidding. You know, it, I, I was joking. And then they kind of look at each other in the mirror again, which I didn't notice until this watch is kind of a device that they tend to use. Yeah. Uh, just in terms of reflection and what looking good together means. And Meredith tells him she wouldn't want him just because he was a good guy and caught up in some, got caught up in something and he couldn't find the break, mm. which feels kind of like a non sequitur line given this fight. It keeps, feels kind of out of nowhere, but I think it is really apt where I think that she's recognizing that now she's being put into context in a way that she hasn't been when they've been in their own little relationship bubble. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And Everett says, I'm not a good guy. And Meredith very sincerely, I think says, no, you are. So yeah. Yeah. I think Meredith is like feeling the heat and I mean, to to be honest, like in these first moments of the film, like Everett is not just coming to her defense unconditionally. Mm-hmm. He is kind of like lukewarm in this charade situation. Like he could have straight up been like, Amy, shut up. Like, let's keep going. Like he is very much, oh, maybe I made a mistake. Uh-oh. And we can see that pretty clearly. Yeah. So we go to Sybil and Kelly's bedroom. Sybil is like reading and then she turns to Kelly and she's like, he's going to ask for my mother's wedding ring. And she just complains about Meredith and Kelly's like, listen, Meredith is beautiful, clearly successful and well-mannered, but Sybil is not impressed. And Kelly tells her she's a fine woman, but she doesn't seem to know or trust herself very much, which means that their son might not know himself at all. And I was like, that's such a parent conversation, like yeah. um, kind of realizing not necessarily that someone's partner is like a bad person, but that it's not a right fit for them. And then you're like, how did Everett end up doing this? Mm-hmm. He must not be in touch with like what he actually wants or like he's making decisions based on the logistics and not with his heart. Yeah, he's very eloquent in that analysis too. I think that he's a professor or something. This is clearly like a university town. I think he's an architect, but he might be like an architect teacher. Because I later on they're at the dinner table, and Sybil's like, "Oh, he's a Ben's a documentary filmmaker," and Ben is like, "And Amy's a teacher, and Dad is an architect." But maybe he says Dad. I think he says says Dad dad or Dad. Okay, he says Dad. I think that Kelly's okay. So that's why he's yeah, because they live so close to campus. Yeah. That makes sense. So I think that he, that's smart writing in my opinion, because that puts him in a unique position to be able to verbalize this concern, which I don't think a lot of dads could do. And I think it's really. No. <laughs> At least not in those words. No, say. no, totally. So next day, it's been one night, you guys. This has all happened in one 
One day. Isn't that unreal? (laughs) This is so crazy. The timeline (laughs) of this movie is a weekend. So the next day, the town is covered in snow. It's so beautiful. Sybil has another forlorn moment looking out the window while she drinks her coffee. And Meredith walks in. She's dressed cute. This is when, when I'm watching this with my family, they're like, how can you say you're not Meredith? Because you'll walk into the kitchen in the morning, stunting an outfit like this, where it's like a little boat neck black top and like (laughs) pedal pushers. Like (laughs) she's very, she looks very chic and it's aspirational IMO, very Audrey Hepburn. And so Mm -hmm. Meredith is like, she walks in and Sybil says, you're up early and asks if she slept all right. Kind of heavy with the implication of, you know, in that bed that you that you kicked Jamie out of. <laughs> yeah. She asks if Everett is up and Amy walks in. Sybil tends to Amy and pretty much ignores Meredith. She's not warm. She's not being a hostess. It's it's very uh oh my gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Hostile. The vibes are hostile. And mm-hmm. so yeah. uh <laughs> Sybil goes, so you know who I caught a card from the other day, Amy? The Stevensons. Do you remember Brad? <laughs> remember this name. It'll come in handy later uh, to use a Christina-ism. You miss you, Christina. And <laughs> she's like, do you remember Brad? And she like finally assides to Meredith and she goes, Brad popped Amy's cherry and he's still in love with her. And Meredith is so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, she, she's like wide-eyed. She's like, oh my God, my family wouldn't talk about this. Like her waspy ass. And um, she is just taken aback. And Amy goes, mom, can you not? And Sybil goes, well, is that not correct? Or something like that. Um, and Meredith, I think, goes to get coffee. And Sybil just goes, Milk is in the fridge and walks out. So Meredith goes to get milk in the fridge for her coffee. And she's like, Amy, how do you take your coffee? Do you take milk? She's being very amenable. And Amy's like, I can do it. And just is like icing her out. And Meredith apologizes that she had to sleep on the couch. She proposes maybe they take turns. And Amy's like, don't sweat it. And Meredith's like, can you please just give me a chance? And Amy's like, no, don't sweat it. It's fine. And Meredith says she doesn't know what she did to her, but she doesn't care if she likes her or not. And then Amy officially enters her villain era and goes, oh, of course you do. Which is like, <laughs> ah! yeah, it's really funny to watch this exchange because I mean, Meredith has her many faux pas and, um, Amy is like being a huge jerk, but it's so different from the relationship that like I have with my sister-in-law because my sister-in-law is also a little sister and her brother got married, like kind of like the same age that, um, like I am now when like my brother got married. So like she was in the position where it's like, I'm going to be annoying to like my sister-in-law or like sometimes I'll like pull her hair, just like be annoying, like just do stupid shit. And, um, she was like, I will out little sister. You like, don't play around with me. (laughs) Oh my God. That's funny. And so like, we'll like rag on each other or like, um, 
I'll say something like rude and then she'll just say like, Oh, Mariah, like, yeah, just come back at me. Um, but it is really very much like Amy, the little sister card, but she's like playing it to the maximum amount. Totally. Oh, that's so funny because I play the little sister card with my sister-in-law who you met in Paris. Yeah, yeah. Mariah and I had coffee with my sister-in-law in Paris who happened to be there. It was very cool. (laughs) It was like the weirdest like coincidence that was like, like, you know, when you um, watch a movie and you're like, oh yeah, we're just going to like meet at like a little cafe in Paris, like in um, the Marais or whatever, but it actually happened. (laughs) It was really cool. And I think you probably got this, but again, I was the Elizabeth to my sister-in-law being the cool big sister right so yeah I was like that age and she was an adult because she's like 10 years older than me and Mm -hmm. so it was very much like obviously I would never steal her high heels and wear them but I would be in awe of everything she did you know that kind of an energy that's really sweet that's really cute it was like kind of little sister energy but 10 years younger like baby sister energy (laughs) no for sure I mean I've never had a sister but I can assume it's very much like when you have like that cool older sister you're like oh my god like I want to be her I want to like be wearing those clothes and like going to my cool job and like doing this thing totally so later on the family watches as Meredith loads up her suitcases into the car she's had enough She's not leaving, but she's going to stay at the inn. And Sybil's like, oh yeah, it's because of her bad back. Everyone knows that it's because of the tension. It's like, damn, I don't know if I would have done this. I think I might've just stuck it out at home because I wouldn't want to bring any more attention to myself by going to a hotel, but it's difficult. Like, I understand that. And Sybil's like- gotta take care of my (laughs) mental health um and Sybil's like well we're definitely in trouble now meanwhile Ben is the only one not watching Meredith he's like putting on his shoes he has a mug in his hand and because Everett is about to walk in everyone just runs into the kitchen pretending like they weren't watching everything that just happened and he asks who said something to Meredith and tells them that she's checking in at the end and her sister Julie is coming and Everett like signs to them that Julie is giving up her Christmas with her family to be with Meredith. And Amy makes fun of Meredith for calling her sister and Everett like snaps. He tells them he knew it wouldn't be easy, but he figured they'd give her a hard time and then back off. And then he tells them that they will pull their fangs out and remind themselves that Meredith means a lot to him. So they should get used to her. Then Kelly tries to talk to Everett, but Everett is like, no, I expected a little more, at least from you. Yikes. So yikes, man, not looking good. He gets a little aggressive too. It, like Everett. Yeah. Like slams. His yeah. I mean, his again with the cowboy thing <laughs> that I see in him, I just feel like, Yeah. I mean, I think I'm like really giving a lot of like my best friend wedding, my best friend's wedding Mm. character into this character. Yeah. But it does feel like that in the way where he's like, 
you know, I am a guy who, when I get angry, I'm angry. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> he, <laughs> That's he what hot. I'm thinking about. Totally. So it's kind of funny. Meredith's just sitting in the car while he yells at his family and, uh, Ben, who I didn't notice wasn't in the room, knocks on the window of the car and Meredith's like, what? And he's like, oh my God, I brought you some coffee. They don't have good coffee at the end. So, and he asks if she's coming back and she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just checking in. And he just kind of stands there and he's he's wearing gray sweatpants and his crotch is like (laughs) right in front of her face. And he like does kind of a back archy stretch and it's, it's yeah. uncomfortable. She's like trying not to look. The bulge is at eye level. It like... really is. <laughs> it really is. And he goes, I had a dream about you last night. It's my Luke Wilson impression. And Meredith was asking what she was doing in the dream. Because that's kind of a presumptuous thing to say to someone, you know? And Absolutely. Everett comes out to drive her and he's like, what are you coming with? And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm going back into the house. And then he turns around and he goes, oh, but Meredith, make sure you bring back that mug because it's Sybil's favorite and she'll kill you. And Meredith, mm-hmm. like, cartoonishly, her eyes get really big and she's like, whoop. So <laughs> that was a little yes. inconsiderate or a considerate action. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I at this point in the movie, I'm like, Luke Wilson, I love you. Because he's the only, like, normal functioning person right now but um, Patrick yeah right so back in the house Kelly talks to the family and he tells them that they will welcome Meredith and Julie with open arms and behave like a civilized family and Kelly singles Amy out and Ben asks to say something and Sipple's like no like I know you gave her my mug (laughs) And Ben tells them that he's ashamed of them. And Sybil mentions that she knows he's going to ask for the ring. And Ben is like, they can't marry each other. They don't even love each other. And everyone is like, what? By this observation, because he's very um, straightforward when he says it. He's not kidding. He's just like, yeah, they don't love each other. Like, is no one else able to see this? Like, they're so focused on her being different from them that they can't even see. It's just like, not a good fit. Yeah. It's shocking, but it might actually be, you know, their son who's making as much of a mistake as Meredith. Right. Exactly. Exactly. When Ben tells them that he's ashamed of them, he goes, I'm ashamed of all of you. And he looks at Elizabeth and he goes, even you. And it's just very, (laughs) he's just, I want him to be my uncle. He seems like a great hang. Um, So then Everett asks Sybil later about the wedding ring. He says, I want to give it to Meredith tomorrow on Christmas. It's Christmas Eve, by the way. Uh, I guess I didn't realize that until this scene. And they talk about what she, they talk about how when he was dating this girl in high school and Sybil's like, oh yeah, she was great. Whatever happened to her? And he's like, mom, (laughs) You told me that when I found the woman that I was going to marry, I should come to you so that they can wear your mother's ring. And she just says no. And Everett is really... She like takes his hand and she's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Insult to injury. And Everett's really mad. And she said, I can't do it. I know I said that, but 
I can't. And she says, I know you're disappointed, but think about how I feel. And other than the kind of longing looks into the distance, this is maybe the first indicator that something might be a little bit amiss with Sybil, that this is such a huge deal to Mm -hmm. her. Yeah. Yeah. Still cryptic, but like we can tell something is going on. Mm -hmm. So later after that conversation, Sybil walks into the kitchen and just goes off about how there's no coffee. She's like, everyone knows you're supposed to replace the coffee if you drink the last of it. And we see in the background, Meredith is just like washing the coffee pot. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I just like cleaning it out. And Sybil's like, why are there ingredients on my desk? Which is just the kitchen table. Yeah. This is the table that everyone sits at to eat breakfast. They're hanging out at. <laughs> and Patrick defends Meredith. He's like, oh, well, Meredith is making breakfast for everyone tomorrow. God bless she's this like, man. God bless him. I love him. I love him. He's in there helping her too. Like he's <laughs> there. And Meredith is like, oh, it's a strata. It's a Morton family tradition. Um, I just wanted to, to do something for everyone. I know you have dinner planned. And then Sybil is like, um, how's the inn? I, I hope they put you in a room near Patrick and Thad and thanks her for bringing her mug back. So she's like, all right, I'm going to try this out. She's Let's giving see. it a go. She's giving it a go for sure. I'm going to and... try out being nice to my son's girlfriend. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> Give it the old college try. And so now Everett has decided to th- take things into his own hands. He's fixed on the wedding ring. He's going ring shopping with Thad. It's a diamond ring in a platinum setting with three carats. Are you kidding me? It's like $30,000. I'm like, what's up? This is crazy. And like, ever, I'll take the ring. Like, I will marry you. Right. It's fine. <laughs> don't worry your silly, don't worry your pretty little head about it. Twist my arm, why don't you? And, uh, the shop owner says there's going to be a lot of hearts broken in this town. So I get the sense that Everett was a hunk. He was kind of, I think that he was probably a big man on campus. There's even a scene earlier where I think that he takes out like some sort of plaque, like winning plaque. Yeah. I don't know what Mm -hmm. it's for. Is it a sport or. I I definitely think it's a sport, but I couldn't see if it was like tennis or football. Like I have no idea. Yeah. Um, But yeah, he has a plaque. Like it, it's definitely like golden child, yes. um, Mr. Perfect. Like you can tell everyone has a really high opinion of him. For sure. For sure. And so shop owner walks away to go do something. And he asks that, do you think it's big enough? Which again, Jesus Christ. A three what? carrots <laughs> girls. <laughs> Your man could never. Um, <laughs> and Again, with the appearances, though, is it big enough? Like, not will she like it? Right. Does it it look like her, like something she'd enjoy? Right. Is it big enough? I don't know. She's a small woman. Three carrots is a lot. (laughs) It's a lot of her little (laughs) finger. Um, And Thad doesn't respond. He puts his hand on Everett. And he says, or Everett asks him if he sees a different one. But Thad just says, don't do it. Don't do mm-hmm. it, Everett. And Everett says, I'm getting married. I'm getting married. And that's uh, asks if it's about mom. And he says, of course. 
can't say that making your mom upset is a good reason to propose, but I digress. So (laughs) in the kitchen, Meredith and Patrick are finishing up the strata and Suzanne, Susan, Susanna. Mm -hmm. I I mostly wrote sus in the notes like S-U-S, but someone's name is too long. So she comes in and asks if they've seen mom and Patrick is like, oh, she's napping upstairs. So Susanna walks upstairs and knocks on her door. Um, Sybil's kind of like napping. Her book is on the bed and uh, she just lays down in bed with her mom and puts her arm around her and Sybil turns over and she's like, who else knows? Mm -hmm. Cut to Ben and Kelly hanging out on the bleachers. Um, I'm assuming it's either like the high school or college field. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you want a brownie? And Ben is like, no. And Ben asks him if it's worse this time. And Kelly asks what he means. And Ben is like, I'm talking about mom. And Kelly says, it's not good. Um, we only found out a couple of weeks ago, but we wanted to wait after Christmas to tell you. And Ben is like, I know you you've known longer than that, but Kelly's like, we needed to make sure. And, um, Ben just like begins to cry and Kelly comforts him. It's so sad. Mm -hmm. It's so sad. It's definitely a big hit to the family because she is such a mother figure, like this matriarch for all of them. Mm -hmm. And you can tell she's there for her family unconditionally. Yeah. Like, been through everything and she has so many children too yeah and she loves them all so much like her family is so important to her totally um so the kids are just you know absolutely broken yeah yeah it's really upsetting and I think that one thing this movie does really well is pivot from a scene that is so emotional and is so revealing of why the family is this way into absolute slapstick so Meredith <laughs> finishes up the strata and Patrick goes are those mushrooms isn't Everett allergic to mushrooms and Meredith is surprised to hear this she doesn't know that her almost fiance is allergic to mushrooms and then Ken, Ken and Belly Ben and Kelly get back from their uh little trip and Ben gives Sybil a big hug and he looks like a little boy in his big puffy coat and he just like wraps his arms around his mom and Amy walks in and she's like what's going on and Sybil realizes that Kelly must have told him Kelly kind of pieces out like he's like sorry and Sybil pulls away she like sinks her arms into this big coat and she goes did you and dad have fun getting stoned? Cause they're eating the pot brownies on the bleachers. And so Ben uh, kind of turns his attention away. He tries to recover. Amy rolls her eyes about, you know, getting stoned, whatever. Uh, kind of a triple play on words here. Cause they're the stone family. They talk a lot about getting mm-hmm. stoned. And, and the family, family stone. stone is centered yeah. on it. Yeah. So I don't know. Fun. 
So then Ben notices Meredith is picking all the mushrooms out of the strata. And he's like, what can I do to be of service? He's like, what's cooking over here in Santa's workshop? He's, God, I love him. And he puts his arm around Meredith. She's like, oh, you know, we're all set. Everett just had some errands to run in town. And then they're going to go meet my sister, Julie, at the bus station. And then Ben goes, are those mushrooms? And Meredith goes, I didn't know. She like, <laughs> she loses it. This is one of my family's favorite lines. One time I put, I thought about you when I yeah, saw it. It's so funny. When my parents were in town, I, uh, we were making martinis and there were pits in the olive and my, in the olives and my dad pointed it out to me and I go, I didn't know. Um, <laughs> stupid anyway startup radio is a media platform that talks with the future movers and shakers of the german startup scene our entrepreneurs and investors come to us to give us their longest most personal and sometimes even first english interview this way you can keep up to date with the startup happenings in europe's largest economy whether you're looking for the latest startup news or want to hear from some of the most innovative minds in the business, we have you covered. So we go to the bus station and Julie's bus pulls up and Thad and Everett, you know, walk up to meet her. And Thad is like, you know, what does she look like? And Everett is like, oh, I don't know. I've only seen a picture of her once. And Miss Julie Morton, played by Claire Dades, gets off the bus and Everett is struck. He's like, Auga. <laughs> Julie immediately like falls on her face. Like she misses a step or something. But when I tell you she falls, it's like a domino goes down. <laughs> it's really face to the gravel. She's so willowy too. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. A deer crumple to the ground. There's like a strong wind and she's like, <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> And everyone just clamors to help her up. And Everett is like, are you okay? Like, can you bend it? Like talking about her knee. And she's like, yeah, yep, I'm okay. He is immediately smitten. He really is. And one thing I always mean to do when I watch this movie, but I never do, is count how many times he says her name. He says Julie, like... Julie. Yeah, he's like... <laughs> Julie, 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 Julie. He says it so much. I'll do it next time and I'll... <laughs> perfect, perfect. I'll, I'll like comment on a post or something. Uh, so we're back at the house. Julie is getting absolute star treatment. Everyone is surrounding her, trying to help her. Oh, yeah. Amy finds some ice packs and she's stressed. She's like, these are probably a million years old. And Everett's like, what took you so long? Everyone is just doting on Amy Nope. Everyone is doting on Julie and Meredith is kind of like, okay, let's, let's go talk. So they go into the bathroom to clean her up and, uh, Ben is observing, but he, he's seeing, he's seeing something going on here. He's, mm -hmm. he's sussing out this whole situation. Yeah. Uh, Ben is an empath mm -hmm. and he is in tuned. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. He reads energy really well. Right. He's like, you're aura. <laughs> um, so in the bathroom, Julie asked Meredith why she asked her here, because it seems like everything is going well. She's cooking. They're all really nice. And Meredith is just like, 
they sure do like you (laughs) at this point. (laughs) Bill was watching with me and he was like, be more fun. Literally just to be more fun. But uh, after the scene, we go to the dinner table and everyone is sitting down. It's like a big Christmas Eve dinner in the dining room. And um, Kelly asks Julie what she does. And she tells them that she reviews artist grants and Meredith is like for the Rockefeller Foundation. And Sybil mentions that Ben is actually a documentary filmmaker. And Ben is like, oh, wait, sorry. Important to say in that yeah. scene where Julie comes to the family like when the family first meets Julie, uh, Sybil says something like, oh my God, great kid. She'd be perfect for Ben or something like that. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Sorry. Yeah, totally. Yes. It's so clear too that she is trying to set Ben and Julie up. And um, after like when she's like, oh yeah, Ben is a documentary filmmaker. Um, Ben is like, yeah, and Amy is a teacher and that is an architect. So there you go. Mm-hmm. And Julie's like, oh, are you in New York? But he is in Berkeley, California. So Sybil and Ben begin like signing something to each other. And Elizabeth is like, grandma is signing something really, really bad. I, to this day, you know, I don't know what it is. If you know ASL, please let us know. Absolutely. And someone asks how Everett and Julie have never met. And Meredith is like, oh, well, she's been traveling all year. So yep, <laughs> lots of travel, hard to pin her down. Oh my and God. I'm like, you don't want your sister to steal your boyfriend, which obviously I would feel like super insecure if my sister was that pretty. But... I was say, yeah. I think that cool little sister syndrome is a thing. I'm a big believer <laughs> in it. I have a cool little sister. I get it. Like, I, unfortunately I do relate to Meredith on this specifically. <laughs> I can, I can totally understand that. I don't have a sister, but I have seen a lot of TikToks where it's like, um, cause you and your sister are like, uh, five, six years apart. Four and a half, four and a half. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Four and a half. So it's like just far enough that it's like you're in different stages of your life. And mm-hmm. Every TikTok I see is like my sister coming home in like wide leg jeans with like a cool shirt, me in skinny jeans and like a fucking uh, peplum top. And it's just like, it's so hard to keep up. It's like if you put Rachel Berry and Emma Chamberlain next to each other, there's just no... Devastating. (laughs) That's horrifying. You're not doing yourself any justice with that comparison. It's, It's not wrong. It's not wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't anyway. think you dress like like her anymore. No, I dressed anymore. like Rachel Berry in high school too. Like, what are you gonna yeah. do? What are you theater's gonna do? theater? It was the era. So, <laughs> life <laughs> imitates <laughs> art. <laughs> so, <Anyway>. um, <laughs> later on, Thad and Patrick are talking about their adoption process, and Julie asks if the agency had any concerns about that being deaf, and they're like, "Oh no, actually, there were more questions about them as a couple and their income and money and." Julie, her delivery is just super personable. So it doesn't come off as like, you know, oh, didn't care that dad was deaf. Like, it's very much like, oh, you know, how did it go? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then Julie asks if they had given any thought to the baby's race. And Meredith is like, Julie, but Patrick and Thad are being pretty open. And they're like, we don't mind. Like, we're happy to have a child 
no matter what the race, like we are just so excited to have this baby together. Mm -hmm. Very, very sweet. This next section, I was hard to keep up with everything. So if you want to use this, but also your brain to keep track of what's going on, please help yourself. Oh my God. It was so much happening. Unfortunately, I've got it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, I have the script memorized. (laughs) I... I was a little, I was like, oh damn, she gave me this section. Because honestly, if I'm watching this movie by myself, I will skip this scene because it is so cringe and it just makes me so uncomfortable. Yeah. But I did watch it last night. I did manage. Um, I do think, I absolutely agree with you there because the factor of it being uncomfortable is overshadowed by the fact that it doesn't really fit well in this scene. Like, I think they hit it over the head way too much. Mm. We'll just talk about it. Yeah, yeah, but, Um. Well, I think that, yeah, Julie approaches the conversation really, really love in just a lovely way. I think the thing about Julie is simply that she is lovely. And Claire Danes plays it mm-hmm. so well. Just the warmth and the sincerity of these questions. And... I think that Julie, Thad, and Patrick should just like go out for drinks now and not be in this room and just hang out, you know, like they, yeah, right. <laughs> um, because Meredith, her mirror neurons are firing. She's like, Oh, my sister asked a probing question. I'm going to try. I'm going to do that <laughs> to show that I can, I can be incisive as well. Dang. It's just, Oh, so she pipes in. And she's like, yes. So do you believe in nature versus nurture when it comes to raising your child? And she's referring to them being gay, right? So just like- Which I didn't really fully understand at first. I was like, mm-hmm. what is she going to ask about? And she's like, oh God, I don't know what I'm talking. Go ahead, go ahead. I, no, no, no. It's confusing, right? It's like, well, they're not going to raise their child to be gay. But like, I think that, <laughs> like- it's just like, like what a I don't know I don't really know what she's getting at and I think she doesn't either so oh, yeah. she starts just putting her foot in her mouth she's like they've isolated a gene but it also could be environmental and Sybil who I must point out is wearing an unreal outfit in this scene she's wearing absolutely oh my god I like want to be at this dinner because everyone is I love the costuming in this movie especially for the stone family because it feels so lived in and just like this is how they dress and the fact that they get dressed up for a nice little Christmas dinner just around the dining room table is really sweet and so she's in this like really crisp button down and a beautiful black and white long skirt and like red big chunky beaded necklace and she looks great. She looks fantastic. So anyway, that has nothing to do with this. Maybe it does. And she goes, you know, I kind of hoped all my sons would be gay. And she's like, sorry, girls. And, uh, you know, she, everyone's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. I, what's his name? Everett goes, yeah, Thad, you're not the special one here. And she says something like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gave up on Ben a long time ago. And he's like, I'm here. I'm queer get used to it so yeah (laughs) always with the one-liners then then meredith kind of goes back into the ring here and she's like yeah like the conversation is like done they diffuse it but she's like gotta get my point across it's so weird it's especially because she doesn't have a point 
So Meredith really tries to like reinsert the issue and goes, well, you didn't actually hope for gay children, did you? I don't think anyone really hopes for that. And everyone's jaw hits the floor. Everyone is really kind of shocked that she would have the audacity to say this. And Meredith tries to kind of backpedal and she's like, life is so hard. You just wouldn't want it to be a challenge. And she turns to Patrick and she says, you must understand Patrick. And that's like, I don't follow. I don't understand what she's saying. And Patrick says, my friend, I think we've been hit twice. And Meredith keeps trying to explain herself and she just keeps digging herself into this hole and it's so uncomfortable and Everett isn't helping. And she, she kind of corrects with, well, that's not what I mean. And Everett goes, why don't you try saying what you mean? And he's yeah, like, oh. I was so like, oh my God. Oh my God. And Meredith still just keeps like playing defense here. And Sybil's like, Meredith, stop. And Kelly goes, Meredith, that's enough. And she keeps going and going. And then Kelly, we see where Everett gets his temper from. Kelly like bangs his hands on the table and he goes, I said, that's enough. And Meredith is really upset. And she excuses herself and she kind of turns to Everett and goes, thanks a lot. And he follows her out. And it's really quiet. Thad is looking not too hot. You can tell he's kind of confused by what just happened. Um, mm-hmm. Like everyone's a little bit awestruck. And Sybil <laughs> throws a fork at Thad. And really beautifully, I think that Diane Keaton inserts, you know, spoken English into the ASL really well here. She signs, you know, I love you and you are more normal than any of the assholes at this table. And it's just really lovely. And I don't know, you really get the sense that this core family unit is really strong. Mm -hmm. And I think that the scene itself went on for too long. Like it was too much and it felt very like 2005. Like we have to be talking about the gay thing. Like we have to make sure everyone knows that like everyone's really cool with it. And this is like a super supportive family. And like, yeah, I just, I didn't think it was like super well crafted, but I do think that at the end when she has that moment where she's like, I love you you're more normal than any of the assholes sitting at this table. Like that groundedness kind of brings back the scene. Yeah. But it does really go off the rails. I think it's like, yeah, too much. I just didn't like it. I mean, I think that's kind of the point though, right? Like they're really manufacturing this horrible anxiety in you where you're like, this is too much. This is going on too long. Like to quote Kelly, that's enough, you know, like we're kind of seeing it through Kelly's eyes almost where it's like, that's enough. That's enough. Stop talking. So I think that it kind of does a good job of manufacturing that dread. So you are hating the whole experience. I don't know if I'm giving them too much credit, but <laughs> I see I, where you're coming from. I guess you know. I kind of feel like you can't make Meredith that unredeemable. That's true. That's and true. like, that's what kind of threw me off where I was like, we get it. Like, they do not like her and she Mm -hmm. keeps digging herself into a hole where I was like, there's no way this woman who lives in New York, who's clearly open-minded. I mean, we, we, they talk about it further later. Like she is totally okay with him being gay, 
mm-hmm. and it's just like why this particular scene I do feel like was added in as a way to say hey it's okay to be gay which is like true but I was like <laughs> it feels very much like hold the movie gotta insert the PSA here it's true I also think it's interesting that this is made in what 2004 and 2005 yeah 2005 and <laughs> that and Patrick are like the triple diversity play <laughs> in this film. I know they really like put it all <laughs> on them and then I was kept thinking about it I was like oh it's kind of crazy because in 2005 like gay marriage wasn't federally um it wasn't like a federal right to be allowed to be married yeah. like you can get married in every state Pretty wild. it's kind of crazy ahead of its time really which is i guess why we're so hotly <laughs> it's time. debating it ahead of its time of our film um okay so meredith is outside she's in the car trying to drive away and she like blasts into a snowbank and oh my goodness <laughs> everyone kind of hears it happen i don't think they're watching but they hear the crash and they're all like, oh, God. And Everett doesn't go to help her. And Kelly, I think, gets up to go help her. And Ben's like, I got it. I'll do it. Twist my arm. Why don't you? I'll go help her. Right. It's a woman I have a crush on. And Julie looks over at Everett. I can't tell if it's to gauge his reaction or to be like, dude, <laughs> why aren't you helping her? And he just mm-hmm. excuses himself. He just walks away. Yeah, outside, Ben walks over to the car. Meredith is, like, sobbing, and he knocks on the window, and he's like, "Uh, there seems to be a bit of a problem here, miss. Like, (laughs) trying to be, like, a cute man. And then she just starts sobbing again, like, uncontrollably. And so he's like, okay, okay, move over. And he calls her move over into the passenger's side. And he's like, I know where we can go. Meanwhile, at the house, I guess some time has passed um, and Everett is like trying to call Meredith and he's like, all right, I'm going to go and look for her, which I'm like, you wouldn't have had to do if you just went after her. So Patrick is like, oh, you guys can take my car. And Julie's like, I'm coming too. All right, here we go. She just doesn't want to be left with this family. Um, (laughs) (laughs) She's actually reading to Elizabeth. Like, she's like, we'll finish this later. Oh my God. She's ingrained. She is already a fit, you know? Like anyone would be lucky to bring her home. Like, did she just get over a breakup? Why isn't she snatched up right now? You know? Right. Um, I guess because she's so hard to pin down. Uh, <laughs> so she and Everett go to the inn. She's not in her room. She's not, uh, no messages have been left at the front desk. Julie's like, where could he have taken her? And so... Ben and Meredith are at the local dive and Meredith has had some beers and she's a little drunk. Mm-hmm. She frazzled. She looks a mess and her little wrap shirt is kind of undone and her hair is kind of coming out of the bun and, or no, her hair is down now, I think. And uh, she's like, I am not a bad person. She's telling Ben and she's so just trying to redeem herself. And he's like, no, you're a total mess. <laughs> and she's like wiping her tears and she stops cold and she goes, I am. And Ben's like, 
yeah, I mean that in the best possible sense. And you know that. And she's like, I do. And then she goes, (laughs) I love the gays. Gay people. Like she's just really doing her best here to, you know, chill out. And Ben's like, they know that. And Meredith's like, I don't know what Amy has against me. I took her to the nicest restaurant I knew when she was in town and she didn't say a word to me, but she really tried and she would have slept on the couch if, you know, she'd known it would be such a big deal. And, you know, she's kind of going off the rails again and Ben grabs her hand and he's like, stop, just stop trying. Ben tells Meredith to try to relax. And he does the thing where he kind of like puts his hands behind his head and leans back into the bar booth. She's like, he's like, try it, give it a shot. And she tries to copy him and she just looks so uncomfortable. You've never seen a more uncomfortable human in your whole life. And I think she says that she's like, I'm, I'm not comfortable. And Ben goes, (laughs) yeah, yeah, you're not. And he's like, the thing is, Mare, you have a freak flag. You just don't fly it. And uh, there's an energy here. There's kind of a little, there's a spark. Oh yeah, for sure. The yin and yang of the situation. So, ooh. So you come back to Julian Everett and they're walking in the downtown area. And um, she's actually telling him about this totem pole that she saw raised And it was the first one raised in this community in 100 years. And um, this guy, the guy who made it was just like going around town. He was like, I have this hole in my heart. I have this huge hole in my heart. And he like couldn't sleep. And so the community got together and gave him a log and he had never carved anything before. And when he finished it, like five years later, the whole town was there for the raising of the totem pole. And she was like, you just couldn't look at it without crying. And he tells her that he would love to see it. You get the sense that this is the first real conversation he's had with a woman in ages. Like he is just so enchanted by her and her knowledge and her worldliness. I don't know. It's really lovely to see them together. Oh yeah. I feel like he's being able to have the first conversation about something other than like his girlfriend this whole holiday season. Mm -hmm. So it's really nice to have this like moment where they're just talking as two people without like all the implications. Absolutely. Um, Meanwhile, back at the dive bar, two EMTs come in and say, Hey to Ben and Ben introduces Meredith. He's like, this is Everett's, uh, this is Meredith. And he introduces one of the EMTs as Brad Stevenson. And Brad Stevenson is played by no other than Paul Schneider, who is Mark Brandanowitz in Parks and Rec, like the very first season. And he's also in Lars and the Real Girl. Yeah, Lars and the Real Girl. He's in a couple of things. He's just a fun a fun little dude and he gets to be goofy in this role and low-key Brad is my favorite and after Patrick and (laughs) so he's like oh yeah this is Brad Stevenson and Meredith goes hold the phone Brad Brad Stevenson 
And he's like, yeah, do I know? And she's like, you're the guy who popped Amy's cherry. And he's like, how do you? And she goes, oh my God, you know what I'm going to do? She takes out her credit card and she goes, I'm going to buy you boys some beers. And then she buys <laughs> around for the whole bar. She is on one. I We're loving Meredith in this moment. She's really, her freak flag is indeed being raised. So cut back to Everett and Julie. They're still walking. I'm like, are you looking for her? Like every place you're walking <laughs> through looks closed. Are you just taking a stroll? They're like in another movie at this point I know. in time. <laughs> and he's like, do you feel like you chose your life? Like, did you say, this is the thing I'm going to do? You know, these are the things I want. How did you know that you were passionate about artist grants? And she's like, oh, well, who said I was passionate about it? And he's like, don't joke. Like, mm. I've just been thinking about this monastery in Hong Kong and what I miss seeing. And Julie tells him he should go. And he tells her he wants to go to Alaska to see the totem pole. It's really interesting. I don't know. I, I'm always kind of like, okay, you could. And I mean, that's Julie's attitude, <laughs> right? She's like, it's there for you. Go, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. But Mer- you get the sense that Meredith kind of poo-poos all of this as silly. And that's... Yeah. I mean, I think you get that too from even just the conversation where she's like, oh, he wanted to go see some monastery. Mm-hmm. And like, this is something he can't get out of his head. Yeah. Yeah. She really... She's really dismissive of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, back at the bar, Meredith's song comes on. It's the one that's like, and it's all right, it's coming. And it's really like, she's freaking out. She's like, oh, it's my song, Brad, dance with me, Brad. And he's like kind of going along with it. And she's really, this is where you're getting charming SJP. Like she is doing the, right. like, She's doing little like hip bumps to him and he's just kind of letting it happen. And (laughs) I'm so happy you gave me this part. And (laughs) he's like, well, what have you done to reach out to Amy? And he's like, oh, I don't know. I haven't seen her in like a year. And she's like, well, how are you going to get her like that, Brad? How are you going to get her? And so then (laughs) she's like literally like bumping her butt into him as they're talking about this. I can't. It's so sweet. I just, she's all, I want to hang out with her now. Like she seems like a fun drunk. And um, (laughs) so she's like, well, I'm inviting you to Christmas. I'm making breakfast. I'm inviting you. And he's like, oh, um, okay. And the other EMT asks if they want another beer and Meredith stumbles over to the table and she's like, oh my God, I have the best idea. I have the best idea. She goes, we should figure out how to get ourselves a little pot. And like, she just like, <laughs> the way she says it, like, so <laughs> like sneakily, like she's like, no one has ever thought of smoking pot it's before so me. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh my God. She's let her hair down. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Everett and Julie get back to the inn and he asks if she wants to get some coffee. And he's like, um, he tells her that it's funny, this. And there's this implication of just like how well they've gotten along 
since they met and the connection that they share, but truly tells him that she can't and she closes the door. She goes to wash her face and um, she like dries it off. And then she hears a knock at her door and she like runs over, like maybe it's Everett. He came back. He like, another movie. Right. (laughs) But she opens the door and it's Kelly. And he asks if Meredith is here because he wanted to apologize. That's really sweet. Yeah. I think that it's good that he tried to make amends. Definitely. Um, So then Everett gets back to the house and he runs into Sybil and she tells him she's sorry. And he just says, not sure what I believe that. And he walks away. So there is a rift Mm -hmm. bigger than before. Um, Meredith and Ben are in the car and Meredith asks about the dream he had about her and what happened in it. And he tells her that she was shoveling snow and she was like a little girl in a flannel nightgown and she was shoveling the sh- shoveling snow. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. Yeah. She was a little girl in the dream in a flannel nightgown and she was shoveling snow on the sidewalk in front of their house, but he was the snow and he was falling and she was scooping him up. And I was like, are you kidding me? The way that he talks about it and he's like, I was all over and you were just like shoveling me up. You're scooping me up. And I was like, "Uh." it's so romantic and intimate in a very honest way. I love it. It just like warmed my heart. I was like, Luke Wilson, come on. Where are you? (laughs) Let me find you. The superior Wilson, I think. Oh man. Um, so the warm vibes just continue. Patrick is in the kitchen as always, honestly, this band like lives there and Mm -hmm. he goes to turn off the lights and Thad looks at him smiling, just like a lovely little moment between the two of them. You can tell that despite all of the drama from earlier, they just really love each other. And that is what holds them together. Like they, they don't have shit to worry about. Like they just have each other and it's good. Uh, they're about to leave when Kelly gets back. He walks into like the little den and Susanna is on the phone with her husband. Amy is sleeping kind of in her lap. It's a sweet little scene. And um, she tells Kelly that her husband says, hi, he'll be in at like 4.30 tomorrow. And, you know, then she hops off the phone, says goodnight. And... Kelly looks at Amy sleeping on the couch and he goes she's nice like this isn't she which (laughs) is another line that my family has fully adopted like (laughs) like whether it's like the dog passed out on the floor or like my sister our like resident Amy passed out we'll be like oh she's nice like this um so love that line and he kisses Susanna on the head and asks and um now Susanna holds or hangs up the phone. Sorry. She tells John that she'll see him tomorrow. And Kelly asks if she's coming up to bed. And she's like, oh my God, are you kidding me? This is my favorite part. She's watching Meet Me in St. Louis. It's the Christmas scene. And Kelly says really sweetly, he's just like, good night. 
my Susanna. And it's just like, I don't know. Justice for Susanna. I want her to have a bigger part in this movie. She seems really cool. Yeah, you can tell there's a really big um, father-daughter bond between the two of them. And the part of the movie she's watching, it looks like Judy Garland is dancing with an older gentleman. And I'm wondering if, like, there... I haven't seen this movie, but, like, if there's a parallel between Susanna and Kelly and Judy Garland in this guy. Absolutely. So Kelly finally gets up to bed and Sybil tells him hello and he cuddles up to her and she's like, oh, you need a haircut. Sybil tells him he should see how mad Everett is. And she tells him that it's not just Meredith. She's not the problem. It's that he is making this mistake and she won't be there. And Kelly tells her that he'll be fine. They all will, no matter what. And Sybil tells him that she's scared. Meanwhile, Susanna is watching Judy sing downstairs and she's like teary-eyed at the scene. Mm -hmm. And Thad and Patrick are walking together back to the inn. And Sybil and Kelly um, get intimate and we actually see this um, big like double mastectomy scar Mm -hmm. which is like pretty bold I think that when they put that in the movie like I saw a couple articles about it because I had searched I was like oh is this stage makeup or um, did Diane Keaton have like a mastectomy Mm -hmm. but it was makeup for the movie Mm -hmm. and um, yeah it's pretty like it's pretty strong imagery it's like a very honest portrayal I feel like of a relationship where they're you know in their later years of their life. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really genuine. It's really sweet. I think it's really tastefully done too. It's also the first Mm -hmm. moment that I think we're made to explicitly understand what is going on with her, like that it's breast cancer and not anything else. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Julie in her in room looks out the window and sees that and Patrick and reads her book Everett looks at the engagement ring he bought and tries to call Meredith. Meredith is asleep in the car and she is leaning on Ben's shoulder and they're both asleep outside of the bar. Honestly, ideal Christmas Eve, given how things were earlier. Everyone's kind of in a good place right now. So it's Christmas morning. Merry Christmas. Uh, Elizabeth wakes up and goes downstairs and Susanna (laughs) Susanna like it's this funny overhead shot from the staircase where she's standing with her legs so wide apart she's standing so funny in this scene I don't know why I thought her water was gonna break I was like what are they setting up here I know oh my god that should have happened actually why not throw it in you know (laughs) and so She really sternly tells Elizabeth only stockings because, you know, you want the whole family there when you open presents. And Kelly comes down, or Kelly walks by, tells her Merry Christmas. Meredith wakes up in a room we have not yet seen. Mm -hmm. She does like a big morning stretch. She looks so happy and refreshed. (laughs) (laughs) The most happy we've seen her like this entire movie. Literally, she's like, I had the best night ever. And uh, she realizes she's in Ben's room we hear the shower running we realize Ben is probably in there and so she's kind of like holy shit and she hears a knock on the door 
it's Kelly. Kelly opens the door and he sees Meredith. <laughs> and she's like, oh my God. She kind of makes like the classic Sarah Jessica Parker squeaks where she's like, oh. and um, <laughs> Rutro, right? There's. I, yeah, Rutro is right. <laughs> so in the kitchen downstairs, Everett pours some coffee and Sybil comes up to him and gives him her mother's ring. And he's like, did dad put you up to this? And I'm like, the audacity yeah, of this man. He's a, so rude. I know. And Sybil's like, okay, we need to get something straight. And Kelly comes into the kitchen, presumably about to spill the beans. Yes. About Meredith. Yes. And Sybil's like, not now, not now. Get out. Like totally dismisses him. I love and how she- Craig T plays this. I love that every time he gets like shut down from delivering this news, he's just kind of like, oh, thank God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so sweet. So- Sybil tells Everett that he's had a charmed life. She blames herself. And he tells her that she's never made someone's life easy. And they kind of like joke and laugh. And she tells him she's sick and he can't fix it. Not even by getting married. And Everett begins to cry and hug Sybil. And she asks him to do her a favor and try not to be so perfect. And he tells her that he's far from perfect And she has this really beautiful line where she says, I'd hate to see you miss out on something because you have this picture in your mind or you thought you could change something. You can't. I'd hate to see you not find what you really want. But Everett, it's your ring. It's your decision. It's really, I don't know. It's just a very profound moment. It's really sweet. I think that every parent wants them to, or wants their child to figure out what they really want. You know, it's so difficult to do the thing that makes the most sense versus what you, the choice that you want to live with. Mm-hmm. And she just wants him to know that like him being perfect, him having the perfect job or marrying this woman that he thinks he should marry, like, isn't the end all be all. She just wants him to be happy. Totally. And be happy with his choices. Absolutely. It's like your perception of what I want isn't what I want. I want you to want what you want, <laughs> you know? Um, mm-hmm. So it's a really lovely moment. And then none other than Julie walks in. She kind of sees them crying and she's very apologetic. She says, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm just getting coffee. Everyone's always getting coffee in this movie. And so much coffee. So much coffee. Maybe if the stones caffeinated a little less, they'd be nicer, honestly. And <laughs> uh, Everett, just impulse decision shows her the ring and he's like, try it on. And what? he's like, I want to see if it fits. She's like, Oh my God, no, my hands are bigger than Meredith's. And Sybil's like, isn't that bad luck? And he puts the ring on her anyway, like non-consensually shoves this ring on her finger and it fits perfectly. She says, Oh my gosh, it's beautiful. And there's mm-hmm. a moment where she's kind of looking at it and really considering how it's looking. And then she comes to her senses, goes to get it off, and the ring is stuck. Uh, Susanna, yeah, it's like, oh no. Susanna comes in, and you can tell that Elizabeth must just be hounding her because she's like, come on, guys, I want to open some presents. She's like, shut up, my annoying kid. Um, And (laughs) um, they're trying to get the ring off. And she's like, why is she wearing the ring? Voice of reason. And meanwhile... Meredith is kind of collecting her things, 
walk of shaming out of Ben's room. Ben comes out of the shower and he's like, hey, you sleep all right? Luke Wilson looks great in this scene. And yeah, he's in a towel. I was like, oh my, Luke. (laughs) Also, the ensuite is really nice. I get the sense that- This house is very nice. It's it's huge. I love that they shot this at a real house too. I think it really adds to the homey vibe of it rather than a set. And Mm -hmm. I've been thinking a lot about the room breakdown of this house. And I think that because there's the bathroom that Thad and Ben must have shared a room. So that's why Thad and Patrick are at the inn. Anyway, that's my theory. And so he comes out and he's like, how'd you sleep? He's in his little towel. He looks awesome. And have I said that already? And um, (laughs) (laughs) I have a crush on him. And Meredith winds up her arm and absolutely slaps Ben across the face. Um, I think that Elizabeth and maybe Kelly are downstairs in the living room and they hear it and they're like, oh boy. And Kelly makes the face like, I know what happened. And Mm -hmm. so everyone else is in the kitchen and they have her hand under the sink. They're running water over it. And I don't know if it's ad lib, but Diane Keaton goes, I hate to say this, but be mindful of the setting. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I love that part. I thought it was so clever. <laughs> it's really good. Um, and so then Julie goes into the bathroom tr- to try to get the ring off. Uh, Meredith walks into the kitchen and Everett's like, where have you been? And she's like, oh yeah, I just got here. And uh, okay. Liza Minnelli. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And So she goes into the bathroom with Julie and Ben comes downstairs and Kelly kind of pulls him aside. He might even have him by the ear. Yeah. I feel like he grabs him by the collar, some, some sort of like dad move like that. Yeah. Um, So in the bathroom, Meredith asks Julie what's going on. And she tells her that she's wearing her wedding ring and she can't get it off. And Meredith asks if Everett is going to propose. And she's like, if I can get the ring off. And then Meredith is like, why do you have the ring on in the first place? And Julie is like, um, you know, Everett just asked to see it on me. And she's like, why would he want to see it on you? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And Julie like flips the script. She's like, where were you last night? <laughs> and Meredith tells her that she can't say. And Julie's like, did you? And Meredith is like, I'm so ashamed. But she is like so fucking coy. She's like, I'm so ashamed. Oh no. The way that she delivers that line is insane to me. It really is. I think about it like maybe once a week in between like November and February. It's crazy. She like she like sniffs the soap and like the way that she sniffs the I'm like the Victorian (laughs) child game. I think that, yeah, she was like gesturing and whatnot. With her like long spindly fingers. That's so dramatic. <laughs> so funny. I don't know why she made that choice, but you know what? I don't know. SJ's kind of works. Right? I don't know. I can't hate. Yeah. Um, so cut to the living room. The family is all going to finally open these goddamn presents. And Kelly goes to Ben. He's like, I'm going to have my eye on you. And then we quickly cut to the front porch and Brad's standing there in his full EMT uniform and he's holding like a present and he's like, (laughs) he's like pumping himself up. He's like, 
Amy, 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 Amy. Like he's very, <laughs> he's really so endearing. And Amy goes to answer the door because the doorbell rang. And he's like, Merry Christmas. And she goes, Brad, what are you doing here? He's like, oh, Meredith invited me. Amy's like, she's at the top of my fucking shit list. Yeah, no kidding. Back in the bathroom, Julie asks Meredith how she could cheat on Everett and asks her why she brought her here. And Meredith is like, don't yell at me. I needed my sister. And she's like, how could you do this? And she's like, I know. Let me see the ring again. And Julie holds it up (laughs) and she's like, that's it. Devastating. It's just both of them are not passionate about it. Neither of them are passionate about it. Yeah. Yep. It's a real bummer. It's a real bummer that it came to this too. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Amy, who I have to say, everyone is in like their coziest PJs for this. Like Amy's in like a pair of like flannel pajama pants and a like a t-shirt that says dinosaur on it and like slipper socks. Like, Oh, it's a band. Oh, is it the dinosaur? Is it a band? Yeah. Phil told me that. Oh, okay. She was, he was like, I know that she's in college because that's like a, definitely a band that like a college student would she's have a shirt for and listen to. She's a teacher. Oh my gosh. You're right. But I feel like she she's gives younger. college vibes. Yeah. She's the youngest. Yeah. And yeah. one thing I actually wanted to bring this up before we go into this, <laughs> like a denouement of a scene. So, um, if you look in the living room, there is a picture on the wall of them doing like the Abbey Road Beatles crossing the street with Sybil <laughs> and all of the kids like in their, it might be in their birth order. I don't know, but that's insane. <laughs> we don't have to keep this in, but like, what do you think the birth order is? Like, what do you get the vibe that it is? I think it's Ben, Everett. No, 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 no. Wait, Susanna, Ben, Everett, Thad, Amy. Okay. Because I think it's Susanna Everett, and that's why Everett's so lauded. Maybe sad then Ben, kind of interchangeable, but definitely Amy's the like. <laughs> yeah, make, make no mistake, <laughs> Amy's the youngest. I guess I thought that Ben was older than Everett, but he just um, doesn't have his life as together, or rather, even just like he doesn't. Um, make such a point to be put together mm. as ever it does. But because also Susanna finds out about her mom being sick mm-hmm. and um, Ben finds out too. Oh, so they just tell the older kids. That's what I kind of thought maybe. Or, or Everett's just so wrapped up in his own shit that, mm-hmm. but That's yeah, possible. I don't know. I'm not sure. I would, maybe I'll look that up later. I've always been curious. Yeah. Let's look it up later. Let's look let's it up Google. later. Do some research, <laughs> fact check. Anyway. So Amy comes in to the living room where there's this awesome Abbey Road photo on the wall and she (laughs) comes in with Brad and asks, she's like, is Meredith out of the can yet? Like, (laughs) she's (laughs) crazy. And Sybil is so stoked to see Brad. She's like, oh, I got a letter from your mother yesterday. And Brad's like, oh yeah, my mom loves you. And Brad's kind of making his round saying hi to everyone. He says hi to Kelly and like slips into the most insane like surfer dude accent he goes mr stone like he's really like weird (laughs) and um he's like i hope i'm not interrupting anything 
And Amy's like, no. And then Meredith comes out and he's like, would you like to tell us how you know Brad? And he's like, oh yeah, we were all at O'Malley's last night having a couple pints. So he, he let that one slip. Yeah. And then Ben tries to change the subject and Meredith's like presents. So she's like, I brought a present for everyone and unzips her huge L'Enchant bag and uh, starts doling out. The presents are stacked in such a satisfying way. There is nothing. Like, like, I don't know why I'm so fixated on this. I always have been. I love watching her take the presents out of this big, like. And they're all beautifully wrapped too. It's like a really nice gesture and she passes them out and she's like, okay, well open them. And (laughs) it turns out to be this young photo of Sybil who's pregnant with Amy. And uh, Meredith says that she saw the photo on Everett's desk and she just thought it was so beautiful. And she thought that it was Everett in her stomach. And uh, Sybil tells Amy, that's you and me kid. And Amy begins to cry. And Meredith apologizes and she's like, I assumed it was Everett, but they thank her and Sybil tells her she did good. So they're all incredibly touched. It's an incredible gift to give someone, especially considering the circumstances. So really thoughtful. And yeah, for the fact that she doesn't even really know. Um, And Sybil's right. She did really good. Like she's not, don't let her open her mouth, but she can give a gift. <laughs> so, um, Ben Everett tries to take Meredith aside to talk, but she tries to avoid it. She's like, Brad, you look hungry. Let me pop that strata in the oven. And Everett is like, no, we need to talk. She's like, no, I know. I know. I know what you're going to ask me. And he's like, no, I don't think you do. And she's like, no, I'm not going to marry you. And Brad lets out this insane, like giggle. Like it's really like, he just walked into this. I love him. Right. And Everett's like, what? And she's like, I'm sorry. I can't marry you. And he's like, I didn't ask you to marry me. And it like kind of becomes clear that he's not going to ask her to marry him. And so Meredith, awkward. It's like, yeah, it sucks. And Meredith looks over at Julie who is she's like has her hand on her face and then all of a sudden she like grabs her hand and covers the ring um because she's still wearing it and she's like great as if I haven't been humiliated enough and she like puts on a whole monologue for the family she's like I know what you see Meredith the spoiled crazy racist the camera cuts to Amy and she's like oh bigot bitch for Bedford right that's what you all think it is. That's what you all see when you look at me. Not good enough for Everett. Not like all of you. She comes all the way up here to ruin our Christmas and then she sleeps with his brother? And everyone's like, sorry, really got dramatic there. But everyone's like, whoa. And yeah, then, and then Ben chimes <laughs> in. I mean, well, oh, then Everett goes, what? And then she like leans in. She goes, I slept with your brother. Like, it's very... <laughs> great anyway sorry no you're good and then ben stops her and he's like whoa we did not sleep together and she's like we didn't isn't there anybody that loves me and like storms out of the room goes to get the strata and she like stacks it in a horrifying way where i'm like you're immediately gonna spill that but sure (laughs) so she stands up with the pans and emily and amy 
and Sybil come in and just knock directly into her because for some godforsaken reason, this kitchen has a swinging door like a restaurant. Crazy. And can't imagine why. <laughs> Meredith spills the strata just all over the floor and also on herself. Meanwhile, Everett starts chasing Ben around the house and Meredith tells Sybil she's just as good as any of them. And Sybil's like, I know, I know. And she's like trying to help clean her up. So sweet. And she tells Amy she is the worst. And Amy like slips on the floor on all these eggs and (laughs) Everett keeps chasing Ben. Ben comes into the kitchen, causes Amy to slip. Amy like careens into Sybil and Meredith and they all end up on the floor and Everett catches up and tackles Ben. And this music has like, (laughs) like the nutcracker suite. Is that what it's from? I, I'm thinking like home alone. (laughs) That's the origin though. That too. No, the nutcracker totally copped it off of home alone. Yeah. Yeah. That's, (laughs) that's absolutely. (laughs) Um, So Everett and Ben kind of like half fight and Ben is like, are you okay? And he tells him that nothing happened. He slept on the floor. But Ben also tells him that he doesn't love her. And then the table breaks and the turkey like slides onto the floor and all these vegetables. Yeah. Devastating to watch that turkey hit the ground. Just. Oh, yeah. My heart is broken, especially for poor Patrick, who like helped prep this whole dinner. Um, One funny bit about this scene before, like the first and only present opened prior to all of the pictures that Meredith brings is this houndstooth jacket (laughs) that Susanna got for Ben. And oh yeah, all all throughout this, he's like, he loves it. He's like, oh yeah, houndstooth. And then like all throughout this fight, Ben keeps saying, watch the jacket, watch the jacket. Like he's obsessed with this. (laughs) stupid jacket it's very the good gag i love it so then later luckily we have an emt on on site uh and brad comes in to help patch everyone up julie makes a call in this weird little like phone nook that they have in this house like they're quirky i don't know insane with like a corded (laughs) landline telephone it's very funny like the last vestiges of a landline Finally, the ring falls off. Everett takes a shower. He goes into the room where Meredith is waiting. She does her little throat clear, which has been absent for a while now. She apologizes to Everett. He's like, I'm sorry for everything. And she's like, do you hate me? And he's like, of course not. (laughs) Amy goes out into the ambulance and is like, oh, did you bring that gift for me? And he did. And so they have a little beginning of a moment and then Everett and Susanna come downstairs and Everett asks Elizabeth if she's seen Julie and (laughs) Elizabeth like this little like grubby finger kleptomaniac has the ring on her finger (laughs) and so she's like Julie gave me the ring she said to say goodbye which is really dramatic of Julie (laughs) honestly like the Morton sisters have a flair for the dramatic when they want to. And uh, I love how she was just trying to cop the ring. Like wasn't <laughs> going to tell anyone that she had it or where Julie was um, just to cover up her wanting to keep it. 
she is nuts this kid is like insane to me um and so yeah julie's catching the bus out from campus Mm -hmm. we cut back to amy and brad in the ambulance and amy opens brad's gift it's a snow globe and she really loves it it's just a really sweet gift and i think it kind of makes her realize that her and brad's story is to be continued Truly, um, even though her reaction to it is really flat. It's really funny. She goes, <laughs> wow, Brad. Like, <laughs> but I feel she like... looks at it. She's like endeared. Yeah. I feel like, like she's interested. Um, it's just one of those gifts you get where it's like, oh, well, it's not like a pair of shoes or something super expensive, but it's really heartfelt. Yeah. She's never at a loss for words. So the fact that all she can say is that is really meaningful for sure. Yeah. She is enamored. And while this is happening, Everett heads out to catch Julie on foot. And Kelly actually gets in the car uh, and backs out of the driveway too. Um, With all this commotion, Amy climbs over Brad to like look out the window to see what's going on. But then they also kind of like make eye contact with this closeness. Mm -hmm. And Kelly picks up Everett and drives him to the bus station. So back at the house, Meredith comes into Brad's room. Nope, Brad doesn't live there. (laughs) So (laughs) Meredith, (laughs) so many names. Okay, so back at the house, Meredith comes over to Ben's room and she's still in her eggy clothes and she sits down with him. He grabs her arm and brings her closer and she touches his little like cut on his eyebrow that Brad must have patched up for him. And they have like a sweet little moment and Ben's like, we got to get out of these clothes. And like a beat, because you smell a little bit like puke. But it's like <laughs> really sweet and real. And I think that the authenticity of their chemistry is really what makes them appealing. Yeah, um, it seems like he's the only one who makes her feel comfortable enough to be herself. Yeah, it's just really sweet. And then Everett gets to the inn. Julie isn't there. He sees her at the bus stop and runs to the bus stop just as the bus comes. Everett says, you know, you didn't say goodbye. And she's like, well, you were a little busy. He's like, you can't go. You got to stay. She's like, this is too much. But he says it's not. And like, suddenly they're forehead to forehead. And it's very intense. Everett's intense. That's Mm -hmm. like the name of the game for him. It's crazy. (laughs) Um, and he's like, stay. And the bus pulls out. It's kind of a reveal. Like we see the bus. It's kind of like extreme makeover home edition where it's like, yeah, (laughs) but instead of a fabulous home, we just see Everett standing there. Julie has gotten on the bus, but then Mm -hmm. the bus breaks. Oh my God. It's crazy. Stop the bus. And Everett runs over the bus. Julie gets off and she's like, Everett. He's like, Julie, Everett, Julie, 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 Julie. Um, And they hug and she's like, what are you doing for New Year's? So they're going to get together. This isn't the end. Mm -mm. Back at the house, Ben and Meredith are having their own love story and they're laying in Ben's bed. He puts his arm around her and he asks her if she's comfortable. And Meredith begins to like sing this Christmas song. And they sing together for a second and she cuddles up to him 
it's like a really beautiful, calm moment between them. And Sybil watches the snowfall out of the window. Elizabeth's dad finally arrives. <laughs> and he's like, who's Amy making out with in the ambulance? And Patrick comes over to Sybil and tells her it's ready. And she's like, it's snowing. Sybil's favorite child, Patrick. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's funny. This is the first time I like really paid attention to the timeline of things. I really think that Susanna's husband sucks because he said on the phone or Susanna said, okay, see you at four 30 tomorrow. And yeah. then Julie makes it clear that she is catching the five o'clock bus. So he's a, at least a half hour late. And he has been MIA this whole time. I don't know how he, sir, maybe he just needs his space from this. Like maybe they were family. like, we can't have <laughs> one more. Like we can't add another actor into the ensemble. Like it'd be too much. Yeah. Or just like too many faces to keep track of and too many storylines. I don't know. That's true. Or like, frankly, he might be like, nah, like I'm good on your family. I'm going to come like for as little as I possibly can. I don't know. Anyway, I was just thinking about that. So that is kind of a wrap on the first timeline of the story. And then we get a jump to next Christmas. So it starts very similarly. Thad and Patrick roll up. But now it's a year later. So they have their baby. And he is, spoiler alert, the cutest baby you have ever seen. Um, And so they head into the house and they say Merry Christmas. Susanna's there with her baby. Because remember, she probably had it the next day. Like she was... (laughs) so pregnant she was near and, bursting yeah and kelly comes in and says merry christmas and we get another mohal family quote because he takes the baby and he goes oh gus and this is uh the little it's a black baby for the record for all who are wondering for julie um <laughs> for julie <laughs> and he holds up the baby and he goes gus king of kings and that's Anytime there's a baby that gets set at Christmas at my house. Um, and so King Gus and he's just so cute and he makes a little face and Amy comes in with presents and like, I, it feels like a sincere Rachel McAdams reaction. Like she slaps her hand over her mouth because the baby's so cute and like, Mm -hmm. it's really sweet. And Sybil is noticeably absent from this scene. Uh, Susanna asks if there's any luck with the stockings. Amy can't find them. They go into the living room where Meredith, with her hair down and blown out, is decorating the tree with Ben. So they came back to Christmas together. Mm-hmm. And Ben plugs in the lights and he <laughs> he weirdly quotes where the wild things are. And again, I think it might have been an improv. He goes, and then cried Max, let the wild rumpus start. And then like lights the tree. It's really theatrical and sweet. Elizabeth, who hasn't aged in this year whatsoever, unwraps an ornament. Uh, Meredith gives it to Amy. Everett and Julie arrive. Sorry to be so snarky, but they're like, are they here? Like, there's probably four cars parked up front. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And they roll up together. You get the sense that, you know, they're very busy, but now they're hard to pin down together. Brad is there with Amy. He hangs her ornament on the tree. 
um, everyone just kind of looks at the tree really, really thoughtfully. And you can tell that they're just kind of processing that this is Christmas without Sybil. She presumably has passed at this point. And you also get the sense that everyone is where they should be. And so everyone sort of leaves the room to go, you know, do Christmas business. And the movie ends with Amy looking really emotionally at the tree. And Brad asks if she looks okay, or (laughs) she looks okay. Brad asks if she's okay. And she kind of makes a face like she's still going to be Amy, like, come on, you know, and he goes and gives her a hug. And then there's this shot that it ends on where the hug is like reflected in front of that photo of Sybil with Amy in her belly. So that's it. That's the family stone. That is the family stone. I really enjoyed the ending. Um, It's a little cliche to have like everyone come back, but I did think that the resolution and the more um, dramatic, like, beautiful parts of the movie were more endearing to me than the comedy. Yeah. So like this ending where it was like very sobering and loving, I like became emotional just because Mm -hmm. it's, it's like, you know, you come back and the mom, the matriarch isn't there anymore, but I thought it was interesting to feature Amy in the last scene of the movie as the youngest of her children Mm -hmm. being settled or at least at peace, like where she is in her life. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about our thoughts on the movie. What do you, I mean, you love this movie, but what did you think like watching it again and kind of analyzing it? I mean, it was fun to watch it with an eye towards what we would be talking about. Um, It is like, I don't know. I did this, (laughs) I included this movie in like a TikTok I did that was like movie tags or whatever. And the prompt was like, a movie that you love, but you don't often recommend it to people because you think people won't like it. And it's this movie. Like, I think that this is a very divisive movie. I think that the personalities are really strong. And mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. I also think, though, that it is something I noticed about it is just how lived in it is. Like, it really does feel like a family. And everyone really does play well off of each other. I think that they assembled this cast really well. And yeah, I don't know. I, it just is such a warm, cozy movie for me that I have to watch every Christmas. It's, it's so, I don't know. It's emotional too, which I always forget because I always recommend it to people like it's a comedy if I do recommend it. And there's definitely a dark edge to it that, I don't know, the comedy sings through a little bit more for me, but maybe it's just because I like only want to watch Luke Wilson and Sarah Jessica Parker together. I think I really like that storyline. I, yeah, this is the first time I had seen this movie, so I didn't know what to expect at all. And Mm -hmm. I actually like hadn't looked it up beforehand, right? Like I didn't read about it or anything. So I initially anticipated it taking place like a longer time ago, like Mm -hmm. 90s, but I was like, oh, it's 2005. Like I was nine when this movie came out. So, um, the beginning for me was pretty slow. I was like, I get it. You guys hate her. Yeah. (laughs) Like you find her insufferable. I know. 
but I did really like the family dynamics. It's really hard to do a big ensemble movie without getting all those characters lost. Mm -hmm. But I feel like each character was really defined. I did read that the nine cast members playing the stones did several weeks of rehearsals. They would bond like off camera before they actually shot the film. Um, And it really comes through because they mesh incredibly well together. It feels like they're a family. The casting was so stacked, like really, really great. So I feel that like push and pull between those really sobering moments and the comedy. Mm -hmm. I didn't love the comedic moments. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know if it was like because of the pacing overall or if it was just like I needed them to pick a side if they were going to do like a comedic movie or a traumatic movie. Because mm-hmm. I was trying to think of like other similar family movies. I was thinking of like Father of the Bride mm-hmm. and Steve Martin is like so good at being the dad, yeah. the like man who loves his daughter and then also being this like comedic genius Mm -hmm. and I think that like Diane Keaton is an amazing actress and she is really good at that yeah but it was hard to fit those types those like multiple genres in a movie where so much is already happening for sure it's like if you tried to like throw a cancer plot line into meet the fuckers like it doesn't oh my god (laughs) (laughs) like it is it is hard but I also think it kind of reads like a play in that way where there is some farce to it. Like there's definitely some very physical comedy, but mm-hmm. there is like a dramatic through line as well, you know? Yeah. I feel like for me, I would, I would watch this movie again, mm-hmm. but I need to watch it by myself. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> it feels just like an incredibly personal movie where you can kind of pin up your different um, reflections of yourself into it or like your personal experiences where someone next to you watching it is going to have their whole own interpretation Mm -hmm. like you could probably watch it with someone and they're like I hate uh, Meredith's character I think she's irredeemable I don't think that her and uh, Ben should have ended up together or at least just like she actually sucks whatever or you can be with someone who's watching it and be like oh my god I've been in that situation before I didn't know how to act and like, it was so difficult to meet my boyfriend's family. Yeah. Um, so I think that there is like a lot of fodder for connection in the movie. Totally. Um, Everyone has a family, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm glad I watched it. I am excited to hear your rating. Oh man. Wait, before I rate it, can I ask you a question? Yeah. What do you make? Because I think we have to address it of the fact that these two sisters end up like playing the old switcheroo with, oh, yeah. and these two brothers ultimately do as well. Like, yeah. I guess if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And like, you just kind of have to look past the reality of like, oh my God, my sister has like been intimate with this guy that I'm dating. Oh, I didn't even think about that part. Well, I guess from a first time watcher. Yeah like what Ben says throughout the movie he's like they don't really love each other like so you can't marry her you don't love her yeah it would be different if they broke up on different terms where one of them really wanted to marry the other or they weren't both comfortable with uh breaking up but Mm -hmm. it just seems like there is no residual feeling that she has for him 
It's a very like you've got mail breakup where like Meg mm-hmm. Ryan and Greg Kinnear are just like, we're not right for each other anymore. Like, <laughs> even though there's a lot of theatrics around this one in particular, given the compression of the time. But um, yeah. yeah and also the like way that she is at the end of the movie with her hair down and her like comfortable clothes. She's not in a pantsuit. Mm-hmm. It shows that they she's calmed down a lot. Yeah. Like she's just being herself. She's mm-hmm. not putting on airs. Mm-hmm. And if she had married um Ben Buck, if she had married Everett, mm-hmm. that's what they would have both been doing probably the rest of their lives is yeah. just acting the way that other people wanted them to act. Awful. Or how they thought they should act. They'd just be looking into mirrors for all of eternity. <laughs> like that's the only time they're happy. <laughs> Look at them. Oh, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My rating though, what are we rating on? Is it candy canes? Oh, we didn't end up doing that this year. So it's just like one to 10 rating. Um, And the one to 10 rating is very much like, there's no anchors for it. Like it's just what you feel. So don't don't worry about like categories or whatever. I meant to go back and look at what I rated love actually, but I forgot. Um, it, it's so like, doesn't matter at all. Just whatever you feel like you want to. And it matters to me. I do this once a year. Um, I think that, <laughs> just kidding. Um, I'm going to give it a seven. I think that it's cozy. I think that it. Oh, wow. I thought you might go for an eight or nine. No, I mean, I think you do have to be in a mood to watch this movie. Like okay, sure. you have to be in cozy vibes. Like last night I made myself a spiked hot chocolate and like wrapped and watched this movie, you know? Yeah. Whereas something like a love actually, or the holiday, like if I come across that, like on cable, or if I walk into the room and you're watching that movie, like I'm going to sit down and watch it with you. Like this one is yeah. a little bit more introspective and heavy. And so yeah, I think just for like general watchability, I will give it a seven. Um, and also just really, every time I watch it, I realize how mean this family is. Um, <laughs> I do need to, I will dock it a point. If you asked me last year, I might've given it an eight, but this year I think I'll give it a seven. Cool. How about you? Yeah, I, I think that I'm going to go with a six. Mm-hmm. I don't have the same soldier factor, but I really ended up liking this movie and I do give credit to a movie where I can start out watching it. And I'm like, I don't know about this one. And then by the end, I'm like crying and like thinking about spending time with my family. So yeah, yeah, that was really nice. I love Luke Wilson. Mm -hmm. I actually really like uh, Sarah Jessica Parker in this movie. Love The bar scene was so good. Oh Um, my God. How are you going to get her? Brad. <laughs> I can get a Brad. Um, <laughs> so funny. And I think that the actors, I could kind of tell had a really nice time making this movie. Yeah. So that contributed to it. I definitely want to have like a girls movie night. Like we should watch this movie together yeah. because I think it'd be like a blast. Yeah. I don't think like watching this movie with a partner is necessarily like, uh-oh, was yeah, still ragging on so it. Fun. Yeah. No, no, no. I just mean because of all of the like controversy within the like, oh yeah meeting the parents and Christmas time. It's like oh. it feels more of like uh, friends watching a movie together than like a date night movie. Yeah, I've never watched this movie with a partner. Yeah, 
but I have but, with my family. Yeah. And I think that's like, that makes sense. Cause it's like such a family ask movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I would also just simply watch this cast in another movie with the same cast. Totally. Like I love all of these actors so much. Me too. It's so perfect. Yeah. I want to like have a blanket on and drink hot chocolate while watching this. Come on over. <laughs> Get yourself to Brooklyn. <laughs> we have Celine in the room. She's like meowing the whole time. <laughs> exactly. Well, before we wrap it up for today, um, do you want to let the people know where they can find you? Yeah. Um, I am on Instagram. And I guess TikTok, that's not as interesting, but I'm on Instagram at monmitchmull, M-O-N-M-I-C-H-M-U-L. Yeah, I'll be posting, posting, posting about this. Thank you for having me guest and tap in as hers. I hope Christina feels better. Yes, everyone wish Christina well wishes. I'm sure she'll be okay by the time this episode comes out, but yes, very, very bad wisdom tooth time as you know, it's painful. So I'm so happy that you joined us today. It was really a blast. It was kind of just like we were gabbing the whole time. So it was like really easy to chat and I really appreciate it. Of course. I love you. Love you. Love you. Um, everybody go hug your mom and yeah, give, give your family hugs, break up, enjoy the time that you don't like that much. (laughs) (laughs) Scathing. (laughs) 